Hey there, film fans. I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Motherfucking Cinema, a part in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies both new and old with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right, Dave. That's right. And uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, John's here. John's here. And Jeff's not here. And last week, yes. Jeff was here. And Joss, they're the same person. We're they're basically the same person. just morphed into the same. Jeff is off doing a gig. Is that what he said? Uh, He's, he's doing a gig, yes. Doing a gig. We don't it's, even yeah, ask what the gigs are anymore. Yeah, I assume he's something about an underpass in Florida. I don't know what somewhere. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. wow. We went to two different places there. Yeah, I, did. <laughs> oh, I deserve that. <laughs> what was that buzzer? What so does that buzzer back, mean, folks. Dave? <laughs> no, that buzzer is part of our, our shtick. Uh, it, it basically, if we say anything negative or stupid about a film, each other, the world, you will Ooh. hear this sound, and that means we have to drink. Oh, yeah. So... Pour yourselves a glass and prepare to see double one slightly shorter than the other. <laughs> That's right, folks. We Someone at some point's going to guess that all these are relevant. <laughs> I mean, no, they'll figure it out. I don't really give a shit. All right, <laughs> what are we doing today? First, let me just let me just get these the sponsors out of the way. We, we, we shout love outs. our friends. Do the shout outs. We do. We have a, we haven't done a clean intro in weeks. Let's just let's just flow. I don't Go even with the know flow. what the fuck is a clean intro. Carlos Barroso makes well, beer pants. and sometimes he lets us drink them. And by us, I mean just Jeff and Dave because I haven't had one of Carlos's <laughs> delicious beers in years. Uh, but he Isn't is still out there. If he posts them to you, uh, I would. I'm not. I'm not opposed to that, Carlos. If you're hearing this, please send me some motherfucking beer. You can find him on text. Instagram. That is cbarroso dot beer. C b a r r o z o dot b e e r and uh yeah follow him for all the fun updates on his uh beer journey he is becoming uh quite the professional beer connoisseur and uh beer brewer as well so we also have dasein the provider of all of our music the artist dasein that's d-a-s-e-i-n if you're digging the music head on over to soundcloud.com forward slash dasein dash artist you can download all this music for free all right i've been excited mm-hmm. to talk about this one uh, for yeah. a while, didn't watch it until yesterday or two days ago. But uh, Dave, I, I had a feeling you were anticipating this one. I thought it was an interesting. I, I almost yeah. knew nothing about it. I didn't see this coming at all. It. Like I, I yeah. knew nothing about the that like it was green lit or anything. I just and it just suddenly they're like, oh, he's doing a he's Ryan Reynolds is doing a Netflix film, uh, and I'm like, okay. And yeah. then I found out what it was, and I'm like, all right, that seems kind of cool. Then I saw the trailer. <laughs> And I was all fucking in. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was uh, Ryan Reynolds paired with Sean Levy. I watched this, and this is a the piece of news I went nuts for on, on the, like, our socials. Is I watched this on the day I found out that Sean Levy has been greenlit to, or at least in negotiations, to direct Deadpool 3. Right. And now I am so fucking on board for him to direct Deadpool 3. <laughs> I mean, look, Sean Levy, he's no stranger to uh, producing or directing. Uh, let's just list off some of his his big hits. First of all, we're talking about the movie The Atom Project. I guess we should just fucking announce that. Did we? Did I say that? Did you it's say in, that? It's in the title. It's in the title, but we're talking about The Atom Project. <laughs> it's available on Netflix. Stars Ryan Reynolds, Zoe Saldana, Mark Ruffalo, Sean who? What's this kid's name, Dave? Help me out here. Uh, uh, Walker Scobell. Yeah, yes. Yes, uh, he plays. Uh, 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 we'll get to it. We don't want to spoil, spoil anything, but it's uh, right there in the trailer. He basically plays a young version of Mr. Ryan Jennifer Ryan. Garner pops up in this too. Jennifer Garner, yeah. Thank you for thank you for calling her out. She's she's wonderful. Um, so yeah, uh, it's directed by Sean Levy. Maybe you've heard of this guy because he's touched a few things that have been fairly successful in the past decade or so. Produced and directed several episodes on this of podcast. Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, what else did he just did he just rock and roll for us? Uh, fucking a little, a little, Free Guy. Little, little thing called Free Guy that if, uh, <laughs> yeah. if anyone also tunes into the Matt and Mark show may have heard me go off about and think. Fuck, they don't have a gush alarm on that show. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I still haven't seen it. Like, so fuck me. I know I haven't seen it, but everyone I know. It's out for who, free now. Good, I'm going to watch it. Everyone I know who is yeah. into those kinds of movies had a really good time with that one. I definitely need to check it out. But he also did a, the internship, um, date night. He's touched some fun family things like some of the Night at the Museums, the Pink Panther, Cheaper by the Dozen. So he's just he's been around and he's been succeeding very well for for quite a while. Um, mm. This is his second time together, I guess, with uh, with Mr. Ryan Reynolds, and they seem to be on a roll. I guess Deadpool three yeah. will be their third up to bat. I mean, his director yeah, and actor. They pretty pretty much, I think, after Free Guy and then this, Disney just handed him the keys to the castle, and that's fine because, I mean, at, at this point, I'd hand him the keys to my fucking house and trust him. I mean, 
look, yeah, we're, we're going to get into it as we do our, we're going to do our usual. <laughs> we're going to kind of just give you our, our overalls. We're going to talk about some details we feel safe discussing until we kick your ass out of here to go watch it on your own and then come back on your own time to listen to our spoiler section. But as anyone can kind of guess from the trailer, a lot of the implications aren't really aren't really possible you know we can't spoil them too much for you they really tell you what the gist of this film is when you watch the trailer i think they want you to know that in the synopsis going in it's part of the shtick they really want you to just see it play out so i feel comfortable i'm going to read off the uh the little little imdb blurb here just to get us excited after accidentally crash landing in 2022 time-traveling fighter pilot adam reed ryan reynolds teams up with his 12 year old self for a mission to save the future. That's right, folks. So basically, within the first, the exposition is, I mean, it happens so quick. It's the first there, fucking there is, scene. Yeah, they just dump you in it. Yeah. And let's, let, okay, new rule, by the way. Anything that has Give Me Some Lovin' in the soundtrack for the opening simply can't suck. That's they, new they, rule. I'm making a rule right they're here They're setting the tone. They're setting the tone for yeah. you. And you know you're going to have fun. If you didn't know ahead of time from, from the fact that Ryan Reynolds is front and center with his quips and his, and his timing and his humor and his self-awareness, it's all in this movie. Like I think Sean Levy gets him so well at this point. They're having so much fun. Mm-hmm. They're not just having fun with material. They're having fun with the actor playing it, which is always, I think that's how Ryan Reynolds has proved himself to be of value. Every one of his also, projects is kind of built around him. I, I yeah, I also it's, it's feel shows. like I feel I feel like Walker um, as a young Ryan Reynolds channels Ryan Reynolds. Like they obviously work together. Um, there's a shot in where he's sitting in a car. Not a shot in the movie. It's a shot on uh, like Instagram, and he's sitting in the car, and Ryan Reynolds is the front, and Walker's in the back, and he's reciting the entire opening to Deadpool two. Apparently, he memorized the whole movie to get the gig. <laughs> That's so the yeah, kid, he, yeah, he's. We'll get to the casting for sure. Yeah. I think I think they had that was probably really fun. It's probably challenging in some ways, but also really fun. I would imagine this came down to some really excellent chemistry reads between him and some kids, and I'm sure Walker just just stole it. Like the way they talk yeah. to each other is fantastic. How much? How much you want to bet the gag reel is longer than the movie? Like again, like uh, <laughs> would not be the first Ryan Reynolds movie to probably have a legendary gag reel. Yeah. Um, what do you think, dude? Let's just give our overalls, and then we can dive in a little bit further. I, you know what? This is this is how you do nostalgia, right? As far as I'm concerned, I love this. This was fucking great. I sat there and watched it with my wife. It and it's science fiction, time travel, and it finished. And my wife was like, "I fucking love that." Like, so Aww. you know, it's it's a great thing for like it's a good date night film. Um, it has a little bit of feels. It has a little bit of everything. I I dug it. I thought every single person was fantastic in this. Yeah, I think I agree with you, man. It was it uh, was beautiful. Like, there's some beautiful shots, dude. That shot in the opening, um, where he's just standing out in the forest and there's just burning trees or like embers of trees. Mm. I was like, oh, how did they do that shot? And now I have to go and look it up. So it's like there were. I can't sometimes- find it yet. There'll be there'll be some there'll be some podcasts come out that tell me how they did that. There were quite a few things technically that I would like to pick your pick your brain about, and it's okay if we mm. don't know the answers either. We'll get there a little bit later, but um. Yeah, I think I, I, I think my biggest I, confusion about this was why it, and this is just the way the wind is blowing right now. I think, why did Free Guy get such an enormous push theatrically, and this didn't? It's just, it's just. Um, I, I think this. That, when they started making Free Guy, they were Fox. They were owned right? by Fox, and Disney bought Fox. Um, and by that point, they already had a contract to distribute it. Yeah. Um, in this so case, just I think. In this it, case, I, I think. Guess. I think. Di- I think Netflix bought the project or produced the project, so the Netflix already owned it when they uh, when they so came. So you know, I still, and this is not what this episode is going to be about, folks. But it still, it did make me want to just do a little bit more reading. You know, I'm in. I'm in an environment where I'm thinking about these things a lot, and I still feel like there is nothing but mystique around the way Netflix and these other massive streamers make their decisions. I guess they are at a place right now. The implication for me would be that they are at a place right now where they are making so much income from subscribers that they don't even feel a need to try to do marketing to get people to go see their movies in the theater. Actually, their <laughs> uh, their numbers aren't doing so good. They, they've like plateaued. So now they're pull, trying to pull in the big stars to boost subscriptions. Sure. But it's still yeah, just, it's, uh, it's... I, don't, I don't know. Like my only complaint about this, uh, 
this movie, look, the movie is what it is on face value. If you're in the mood to watch this kind of, like what you said, nostalgia-based kind of action comedy having to do with time travel, this is right in the pocket. You're going to have a good time. Yeah. It's harmless. They're going to pull at your heartstrings just enough. You don't feel like you have to be super emotionally present for it. But if you let it do its job, you're probably going to get touched by the end of it. But you're also going to have fun. You're going to get all the humor that you want out of Ryan Reynolds. It was a very fun time. Um, it just made me curious why I think my only complaint was that I think I, I think I would have had more fun watching this on a giant screen. It, it was just there was so oh, much no, to it visually. No competition like that. Yeah. yeah, I would have loved to have seen this. Like, because... I think I, I'm not sure if Netflix puts everything through their theaters on the West Coast. Yeah, I'm not but even I know, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's anything they want to throw out for awards season. But I, I mean, I guess this was just something they felt comfortable putting straight on there and not theatrically because they do release theatrically. Um, but yeah, right. this one didn't didn't, and it could have. This it would totally have cleaned could up. Have. I don't. I can't. Like, out of all the movies they're thinking about releasing, I, I hear what you're saying, dude. Like, you're not wrong. They want their uh, award pictures out there too i get that because they have to mm. be for academy awards and i think people still do try to go see these movies like in the theater but this is one that i feel like but also yeah you're right gone to a... the theater dude to see this also, for several reasons this is a missed opportunity like free guy has literally just dropped sean levy directed right. ryan yes. reynolds starring yeah, yeah right and perfect straight timing. on the back of that you drop this the cinemas perfect timing i know it really did like this it, yeah, i felt like i missed it or something money. like i was like did i did nope. it really not come straight out too to streaming. Like, did I? Yeah, like, I mean, this one's straight to and streaming. And I mean, that's, that's that's one of the things, like, it's great that, like, streaming services are producing this high-quality content now because, remember, there was a while where a lot of it was just, like, you know, 90% crap and then you had the one golden series. Right. Um, like, Netflix lived for a couple of years off Stranger Things and stuff like that. But um, now it's a case of they're making stuff so good, you wish they'd release it on the, at the cinema. I wonder what Sean Levy thinks about this too, just to take us back to our, our director and producer incarnate here. This guy's just crushing it. Obviously, the man has a really good relationship, I'm assuming, with Netflix, Stranger Things, probably one of their tentpole shows for several years. He was he produced hmm. it, directed several episodes in both seasons. I, I wonder if, and I would just like to be his friend and not have a business conversation, but just ask him, <laughs> yeah. like, there is something mentally that we can probably do. We can compartmentalize this filmmakers. Like it, it, this is a series that's going to streaming. Well, of course it does. That's what series do. But when you make a movie like this, which we saw Uncharted recently, um, hmm. we saw Moonfall. Like this is in that category of action, of visual yeah. spectacle. And it just, it just. I wonder if in his mind, I almost he had buzzed a, you from mentioning Moonfall on the show. Ah, oh, come on! Mm, I almost buzzed you me. for. That's I almost buzz, I'm going to buzz you for for almost buzzing me. For mentioning Moonfall, mm. come on, I'm still, I still had a good time, uh, but yeah, I'm curious if he thinks of it differently. If he's like, you know, Stranger Things, like we never thought it was going to do anything other than live in people's televisions, like which is th that's mm. cool. It kind of transcended that. But and I wonder now it has if he's finished... store at Times Square. Like, <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. But I wonder yeah, when he makes shit like the, this, the, the Stranger Things experience. I Jesus didn't get paid to mention Christ. that, by the way. I want to go into the movies. Did it replace the Jekyll and Hyde? Uh, Possibly, it's, it's right next to Madame Tussauds. Wow, I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, anyway, I'm just curious if he thinks anything. Like, if he's like, ah, oh, fuck, like uh, for some reason this feels like it's not living in its true home, or if he has made peace with it, and we are all just going to have to get used to the fact that we need bigger and better televisions and sound systems to actually live up to what they're putting <laughs> in front of us. It's that great anecdote from uh, you know, you Damn what, it, you're Dave. Right. What's I'm the name of the? Best the buy. What's the name of the DP who shot the? Uh, that episode of Game of Thrones with the huge battle that was so dark and nobody could see it. Oh, yeah. And that DP was like, fuck you. I, I could fucking see it fine on my television. Like, everybody else is yeah. fucking wrong. It's just, <laughs> yeah, don't fucking yell at me. Yeah. It looked great on my TV. And, I, I, you know, I guess we might be at that age where I mean, you know, for, we aren't really... Well, absolutely. That's, that's one of those <laughs> things. We've, we've had this discussion before when we were talking about sound. Oh, yeah. um, and, it, and it was like you can't cater for, like, the end point, like every end point that you're going to meet because now... Like before, you had, all you had to cater for was the, the distributor's projection equipment. Well, now the distributor is Joe sitting at home with his TV. Right. You can't cater for all those different models. I did, for, like, we were lucky that I found out that uh, film, filmmaker mode is now a thing. They have started to release that on on TVs. It turns off all the settings and adjusts it properly. And oh, now with wow. the 4K HDR stuff, the HDR has a little sidecar file so that it appears as exact as it can to what you'll see in the cinema. So that's you know, great or what you see in the grading suite for that matter that's really good yeah anyone mm. who doesn't know 
about all the uh, default settings on your modern televisions that you need to turn off completely so that it actually looks like a movie and not a sports game or a video game. Uh, Contact us directly, and we'll send you in the right direction. Uh, yeah, there, contact, contact us on Facebook. We'll we'll tell you how to turn all that shit off. All the auto motion, um, the Jeff, fuzzing. Jeff, uh, contact us on Facebook. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Oh, did his did his TV look like? Dude, did you did you, did you not hear that part of the Coda episode? We we were talking about Coda. I because I, I still haven't seen uh, Coda okay. yet, so I didn't okay. listen to well, it. Okay, well, I watched Coda, and, and the first time we watched it through, it looked like a fucking Australian soap opera because he had his settings set on sports. Come on, Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey, come on, buddy. Yeah. You know what? You know what, Jeff? Jeff? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the double buzz, motherfucker. Yeah, we got to turn those things. I know it's annoying. You have to go like deep, deep, deep into the setting, like the advanced settings to find mm, the shit. Well, but I'm telling I, you, it's going to be worth it. That was how I found it. I went into his settings because I'm like, I'm going to check this. And I went in and yeah. third one down, filmmaker mode, and it fixed it instantly. That's wonderful. The well, change I mean, was amazing. It was unbelievable. Look, we're going to go back. We're, we're going to keep talking about this movie. Um, but yeah, I, going back to what I was saying, I think my only thing that I, I would have had more fun, I know I would have had more fun if I had had a, thing of popcorn in my lap and i was watching this on a yeah, big screen and I, I did. there were some technical <laughs> special effects that we got i think i would have been i think i would have been more forgiving of on a larger screen but i know that seems kind of crazy because some people say no when you see more detail it, it's just not I mean, how a large screen works no, you kind of live of inside of it differently yeah some of those some sequences, sequences needed to be in your periphery and we'll get to it a little bit later but there are some uh facial de-aging software going on that i'm not sure if it worked for me entirely but we'll, we'll get there and we'll talk about it uh yeah so go i think you should watch this movie folks uh we're going to jump into our spoilers and we're going to talk more specifics but uh if you are looking for this kind of film i think you'll know exactly what it is the moment you look at the poster watch the trailer read the blurb enjoy yourself and, and have fun absolutely now go fuck off and enjoy yourself yeah, and we're going to talk spoilers we're going to ruin the hell out of this movie from this point on so yeah if you uh if you've just joined us what the hell are you doing? Stop clicking in the middle of the episode. Um, <laughs> this is this is a spoiler section. Spoiler I section. Just, I just want to, yeah, I just want to say, um, can you imagine the pitch for like when the the guys from the future first turn up for that scene? It's like, all right, I want to let's uh, somehow incorporate Back to the Future with the speed of chase from Jedi and an SUV. It was. On the I bright mean, side, we now know officially the new cutoff for hoverboards is 2050. <laughs> we have a new day. You're exactly <laughs> right, though, dude. I'm, I mean, look, I still, I still am going to stay positive for this film, but that sequence right there, like, it did feel like this was an amalgam, amalgamation, whatever the word is, like, of, of all the fucking, all these kinds of movies. Sometimes we've, we've talked about before about how sometimes you kind of feel like you're living in the... The uh, the like the wake of the Steven Spielbergs and George Lucases who came like a generation ago, right? Everyone oh, this totally they, felt like that. Yeah, I mean, they made such There's, an impact on the style of filmmaking that sometimes you just kind of can't escape that people are going to be doing things they did. So, like that sequence, yeah. felt I, I felt like we were watching bit, those three movies. It did, but it was a, it was a, also it felt like. Again, it felt like nostalgia, but it didn't interrupt my enjoyment of what I was watching because I was like, okay, that's really fucking cool what they're doing right there. Like they've incorporated two of my favorite things. Great. That's, they obviously enjoyed them too. I'm on board. I love these guys. That's how I, that's how I took it. Yeah. Because it was like, obviously I'm watching a film by people probably around my age who enjoyed exactly the same shit I did coming through the eighties and nineties. And now they've been inspired by it and chucked it in a film. And I was 100% on board for that. Nice, like, dude. I haven't, I haven't seen that stuff in a while, and it gave me a giggle. It gave me a really good giggle. Explain the – do you feel like we, – we complain sometimes, and I definitely – I do have some complaints about how sci-fi movies, there is a trap. that I can't remember what movie we have talked about before, but there is a trap whenever you're dealing with time travel. And it's almost like, God, it happens so much. Just the time, the time travel <laughs> thing comes up so much now, it's – it's unfortunate for the filmmakers. Every fucking time. There's different rules every fucking time. So like one Avengers they have to Endgame, teach you their rules. Avengers Endgame changed their rules in the middle of the movie. I mean, changed their own mm. fucking rules. Which, yeah, we've <laughs> talked about that before too. But in a way, it's kind of annoying. It, it can be frustrating as an audience member when you kind of can't help but start thinking about the logistics and functionality of a physics, the world's physics. So there was a little bit of me that like they were having fun with it the way I think that a lot of action comedies try to have fun with it. 
that scene was charming where the boy, the young version uh, Walker was trying to figure out, wait, the butterfly effect, basically, what's this going to do? And Brandon Williams mm. was like, stop, 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 stop. Like, it's not, it's not worth it. I just told you the time travel is possible. Like, stop, just don't, you don't even yeah. try to wrap your head around what's going to happen. Um, so I guess that was fun that they tried to, t- I, they I literally do... tried to tell us, don't think mm. about it, but you kind of do like, like their explanation like a little they, bit. <laughs> they did follow a few of the theories though, like time, like it moves in a wave as such, like, so a change here will take a longer time to catch up to them. And the other, the other part where uh, I won't be affected by any changes till I go back to my point, my fixed true time. I like like the fixed, the fixed point idea that, that really settled a lot of the problems it could have had for me. Yeah. Um, So I don't know who came up with that, but that was, that was a, like a little bit of genius there. Cause that was a little, that hasn't really been thrown in a time travel movie before the fixed point in time. I th- yeah, I thought about that too, and I thought that was a nice little problem solve. Again, doesn't really matter if it's rooted in any corroborated theoretical physics or not. I enjoyed it for a plot point, just because it gave us something to hold on to, so that we weren't constantly lost in the theory of tr- time travel, which was nice. Um, mm. Specifically, I did find it a little weird that they, the last thing we hear him say before he goes into the wormhole at the very beginning to travel back in time is that. I can't remember the exact quote, but he basically is talking about how your trackers don't work when you go in through the wormholes unless you turn the device on and there's a quantum tracker, all this shit. But then they knew exactly where he was. Now, so I thought, I thought that was interesting that they showed up pretty seamlessly without a scene telling us that they thought that might be where he was. But whatever, I forgave it. Um, and then I also, did you, Dave, help me out here because I think I missed a detail. Hmm. Why did their suits make them explode whenever anything touched them? Like, because it was um, happening with the the cool little lightsaber weapon, which was yep. fun. We can talk about that. But it also they happened were, with regular guns. Yeah, that was when they were dying. And it's it, he he actually it's a quick throwaway line. He's like, if you die outside your fixed time, it gets messy. And that was it. That was like just the throwaway. So like they were those guys who disintegrated were actually being killed outside of their fixed time point. Oh wow! And that's why they were disintegrating. So we're supposed to, okay. So we're supposed to believe that every time that happened to one of those guys, no matter what the injury was, it was killing them. Yes. Okay, because there was so much armor. Sometimes I was confused whenever they would get shot. I was like, "Why are they? They're, they're dying so easily." Yeah. And I thought I thought that was strange. What is all that armor for? If it's just kind of yeah. pointless, and they're thirty years ago weapons are taking you out pretty easily here. I don't know. Maybe you guys should think about it. Uh, hmm. Again, whatever those little things were happening, I it didn't it was bother some me nice at all. Houdini particle effects, it was great. It was yes. <laughs> lovely particle effects. It was it was fun yeah. watching that happen, and they had I think they had as much fun as they could have had with the opening fight scene in the woods that you were referring yeah. to earlier. When they started, I liked the tension too. I think I could have had a, maybe a little bit more tension, but I enjoyed it when he was I, like, "Oh no, get dude, ready to I run!" Fucking, I fucking love the lightsaber gag as well. Is that a yeah. lightsaber? No, it's not a lightsaber. And then he's like opens it and it's like an electrically charged staff. And the kid's like, no, that's a lightsaber. That's a, that's that's right. a fucking lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, they definitely had fun with, with that stuff. I mean, that's that's what this movie was. Like the essence yeah, of those fun. things, it does live in. I thought the plot was fun I mean, enough, but this movie, I, I can't imagine this movie really existing without Ryan Reynolds and that kid banter, no. which is kind of. Yeah, no. Absolutely. Um, but again, I mean, that's, that's why I think it was they were given the green light on it because they found a kid who could do that. And it was quite funny. I'm, I'm willing to bet as well because like, there's a, like the scene at the, near the end when they're fighting at the reactor because um, we, we definitely didn't give any plot points away, but they end up like fighting in this reactor and the kid gets hold of the staff and he does this big, huge leap and then lands, and he's, he looks up, and he's like, superhero landing. I'm willing to bet Sean Levy put that joke in his mouth, and Ryan Reynolds did not know it was coming. And he's like, get a camera on Ryan. Get a camera on Ryan right now. <laughs> there were so many good, you know, funny moments like that. It was, and it's, I mean, it's, it's cheesy at some points, too. I liked that they played against the cheese, though, with, I feel like Ryan Reynolds was doing Ryan Reynolds. He, he's always yeah. doing Ryan Reynolds, so I'm not, I'm not Gonna give him, and then along comes Mark Ruffalo. Along comes Mark Ruffalo. But before before that, I was just gonna say that I think Ryan. I think yeah. I mean that that was funny. Yeah, whatever. It's funny. It's uh, I think I think Ryan Reynolds was playing against the jokes enough so that all of his jokes, most of his jokes anyway, were coming out of frustration, genuine frustration, and not just for the sake of because on the the paper, like yeah, Reynolds can turn it on when he needs to. 
Like yeah, which, he, which was good though. Can, I mean, it came from he's great with the quips, but yeah, when he needs to turn it on, you you see it's turned it's turned on. Yeah, so I appreciated that. I don't know if that was directorial. I don't know if it was just him in his own mind, but that felt more like performance. Like on the page, I think it probably read as though they were motivated as well. But this movie would have gotten. I may have turned this movie off if it had just turned into them quipping within a plot that is so relatable. Um, And again, I think Walker. That's not what it is at all. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. I don't know if my favorite, but I really did enjoy the, the allusions to the whole. All right. So we'll give away some, some spoilers here. Mark Ruffalo's character plays their father, the father of Ryan Reynolds character and Walter Scoville's character. And it's established very early on in the exposition. We're not giving anything super away here that he is already dead. The movie starts and he's been dead for over a year in this car accident. So it's implied very seamlessly, of course, that Ryan Reynolds is an adult has not, you know, did not have a father for most of his adolescence and his coming of age. And so there were all these wonderful, wonderful scenes or almost scenes or implications that the kid is going through it and it's more fresh and he's not fully formed into his, you know, calloused over defense mechanisms. And Ryan Hmm. Reynolds is a walking defense mechanism. And (laughs) I, I do think it worked well that they found ways to have them teach each other about growing up. And I know that, I mean, those were probably the most effective stuff to me. And I do think they did even, a good job even of like just like straddling. He gets, when he does what, like he does the the teaching and one end, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds does the teaching. And then later on, Ryan Reynolds is in a similar situation and the kid does it right back to him. And I'm like, that's fair. That's totally fair. Like yeah. he just lets, lets him get the shit beat out of him. <laughs> that's why this movie I think is better than what it could have. I think without that, it would have suffered if it was just the yeah. action comedy if it was just the, uh, what were we There's talking about of, not too long ago? There is some ago? heart in this. There is some heart. I can't remember a movie we were talking about too long ago where like we were, we were discussing like the archetypes and these like sci-fi action things. You don't really want to know too much about You want to see them. You want to learn about them through action. I can't remember what movie we were talking about, but mm. this is one of those where you have a protagonist who is, the protagonist role is being shared, right? It really is the same person, yeah. but split, you know, these, between these two actors. And I do think they did a good job of, not having it be too many of those scenes. I don't know if that was on the script or if they made some good cuts in the editing room, but I feel like they did have a good balance so that you felt like in between these, what would could have been lulls didn't actually feel like yeah. lulls. They were actually emotional highs because they were actually learning more about each other. They weren't learning as much about each other in the action, which is interesting mm. about, because sometimes the action is where you I kind mean, of reveal their, their motivations, their that's, objectives. That's the other thing I love about um, like, levy as a director though because he has like ryan reynolds and walker and then he he had ryan reynolds and jody Kummer who worked beautifully off each other and the temptation would be there to just throw them in every scene just have as much of that as possible because it's it works and people will watch it but he didn't he's got this the rest of the story he's got to tell so he pulls back on that and manages to get some actual heartfelt like moments in the film and i i really respect that about his work i like that a lot I really enjoyed the scene with Ryan Reynolds and Jennifer Garner. Mm. Jennifer Garner yeah. is the mother. And so she's also grieving and she's just at a bar and Ryan Reynolds runs into her. And obviously he's probably not supposed to see them. Butterfly effect, you know, changing time, whatever. <laughs> but they have rules this. Be, be damned in yeah, this movie. I mean, yeah, fuck it. They just said, fuck it. Don't, don't think about it. Fuck it. I, I like to think that's what I'd be like if I ever got access to time travel. Well, they did this with fucking fuck Thor, too, up. didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Right? They couldn't help oh, themselves. Yeah. They were like, we got to yeah. get them back with their mom. But I did think this one was touching. And look, Jennifer Gardner is a, I think she's a good actor. And I think she's kind of underrated. But she's she just fits so well into mm-hmm. this genre. And I think both of them understood that the scene couldn't be too gushy. It couldn't be too too full of tears or anything. But it did need to turn from casual to sincere emotional on a dime. And I do feel like they yeah. They both took it there, and then we moved on. It was it was good. It gave you that. Again, I felt like it was a, even, I, it was, I even had a little like a little intake of breath when he like blurted out, like when he turned the conversation to completely serious. I was like, <gasps> he's giving away yeah. too much. This like there weird. was, a, yeah. I was well, I was like, I'm not gonna lie. There was a moment she, where uh, I was like, you thought he was gonna bang his mom? <laughs> I was yeah. I was like, do all time travel movies have to have a mother and son awkwardness to them? Like, are they doing this on purpose? Because this was after that fight scene that we referred to. I was like. Are they yeah. just doing callbacks to all of our favorites? Like they're doing it why you know, they're doing it with style, but like I feel like they're like touching on all of our favorite sci-fi action comedies. Uh what do you are speaking of that, Dave, 
maybe, maybe, maybe there's a chance that Mark Ruffalo, when he was alive, or Jennifer Garner, sat down and made this kid watch the Back to the Futures. But I'm sorry, call me a cynic, but I think kids who are in puberty, pubescent age right now probably haven't seen our favorite movies from when we were younger. He quoted Back to the Future 2, like Biff and Back to the Future 2. And there was a little bit of me that was like, I don't know if kids watch those movies anymore. Do you think they watch them? Um, I think they do. Really? But do you yeah. think they watch oh, them by yeah. choice? Or do you dude, think they just dude, do it because no, their dad makes them watch if you're, it, Like every parent I know, it takes joy in sitting down and showing their kids Star Wars and Empire and Jedi and Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3 and all the shit they love during the, the 80s. Wars. Yeah, I'll buy the Star Wars. Despite how it didn't do well in our our franchise, uh, it, face off, it it did. Uh, it, it is like a, a beloved franchise. A lot of people I hope love I'm it wrong. because I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. Yeah. There was a little bit of me that was um, like, okay. but again, I'm not. I'm not making an excuse to justify like this possible oversight in this film. I, I just, I didn't. I, I don't know whether I just wasn't picky, and they'd already won me over by that point. There was a little bit of me that felt like, and I, I guess I'm speaking to the writers, Jonathan. Tropper, T.S. Nolan, and Jennifer Flackett, who were all in their uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, I'm guessing, based on some images I'm looking at right now. Um, I kind of felt like they were writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll take that. Uh, respect, respect to all of you. You're wow, IMDb Tinder. <laughs> all right. I, there were some times where I felt like the kid, the kid is talking the script was written for you and me, Dave. It wasn't written for kids. I felt like yeah. they were wrote it for our, right? Anyone who existed in the, uh, growing up in the 80s and 90s, 70s, 80s, 90s, maybe. Like, this feels like it was, like, pointed right at us. Oh, and yeah. I, I appreciated the elements of, like, I even picked up on elements of Flight of the Navigator in there. Yeah, for and, sure. Like, that is early 80s. Right? Yes. I mean, I love, that was, like, my favorite fucking movie when I was a kid. And <laughs> And there were, there was a little bit of me that kind of felt like, I don't know if this kid is believably saying he's talking as though he was there with us when like he yeah. wasn't like Ryan was, I, I guess like Ryan was, I'll, I'll, I, like, I'll give, you, I'll give you that one. But for me, that went completely unnoticed. I mean, that's good. Well, maybe it's because yeah. we're, we're getting older, Dave, and it's harder to know, think about what the kids these days are thinking about. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm genuinely saying, I don't know if they watch Get our movies anymore. Lawn. Get off my <laughs> I mean, honestly, anyway, sailing right fucking past that. Uh, what do you think about what happened to you? What What do you think happened to the movie when Mark Ruffalo enters the story? Let, let's just tell them what they have to do. So they realize the only way. Actually, let's go to Zoe first because short lived. Yeah. I want. I wanted more of Zoe Zaldana. I always. She's wonderful. I kind of. I kind of did as well. But again, it was one of those things where he dangled it out there, and then it was like she served her point in the story. Let's not milk this. So again, yeah. it's it's a discipline thing. It's it's like this was a good thing, and she's a wonderful character to have. They took but a huge. If you, ta- if you take her away, then it gives you a sense of loss. That's a beat in the film. Let's explain it then, because I think they took a big risk structurally with the script. Um, there yeah, that, is a motivation uh, early on that is established very, very, very clearly and very quickly between Ryan and his younger self that he came back to rescue his wife who disappeared on a time traveling mission. And you think that's what this whole movie is going to be about? Well, into the right into the basically in the beginning of the second act, we find her. They find her, mm. and you're like, oh, "Great, team up, buddy cop. We're gonna go with them, the three of yeah. them, through the end of the movie." And they fucking kill off Zoe Zaldana real fast. I mean, there is one yeah, like, giant sequence, and they, she's dead by the end. They literally go, "Hey, by the <laughs> way, how this movie started? It's not how it's going to end. Uh, you thought we were here to rescue her? No, like time's already been fucked with, and you're now in the second half of the story." And she doesn't have really, really have a part in it. But also, like, that is a weird place, I must admit, to put the, like, whiff of death. Yes. Like, beat. I thought it was really and, interesting. I also uh, thought it I, was the... Go ahead, it did raise It did raise the stakes from that point on, though. Because oh, enormous. They, she literally killed someone um, to, to try and stop them. And I'm like, okay, it, it's on the... Anyone could die at this point from that point anyone on. Anyone could stop them. And like, I also thought it was... Uh, Zoe Saldana, everyone's at risk. It was also a really wonderful way to introduce the theme that they kind of started fucking with, which I really, I did appreciate. And they, it wasn't really established until now, which is interesting to introduce a theme somewhere in your second act. 
but basically she said Ryan, she was talking, Zoe Zaldana is talking to Ryan Reynolds about how he has to leave. He came back to save her and now he has to leave her to save time, to save the world, yeah. to save everything. And, and the result, the end result of that is when he does that, he'll lose her. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So this theme yeah. that they started introducing here that like, They've already missed, messed with this idea of fixed time. Everyone belongs at a certain place at a certain time. And that's just how it is. When After Zoe Saldana's sequence, when she makes him realize you can't stay here, it starts to allude to that a little bit. But it, from, the, from there to the end of the movie, they really start opening up the idea that we have no control. Like The, the, the illusion of all these sci-fi movies is that we're starting to garner more control over our physics and our universe. Yeah. And this movie is actually saying, because we had that illusion and we led into it, we forgot the fact that we actually don't have any control over any of these things. Hmm. And they only have you, which faith that they were going to meet someone again. someone else's reality right now. That was, could, that was what that spoke. Like, like, like no, it was, it was the thing where she laid down. It's like, yeah, no, the timeline's already been changed. It's already been changed. And I also like that she said, she said, but, and you're also, now one thing I couldn't understand the physics of this. She was also saying that we will have always met. We will always have had that time together, but then they didn't quite clarify if they were going to retain these memories when they returned to fixed time. I don't think they do. I feel like that was, I feel like that was just her trying to make him feel better. So he'd go. Yeah. Like it yeah. was it was kind of like one of those things like we'll always be together. Yeah. Or, it gave you know, me pause um, for just a second because I to, think it kind of to, pushed against the theme it was just establishing, which is that we yeah. actually don't to quote the great classic team that. America, I promise I will never die. <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. Mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean you're right. But anyway, I do think they uh whether or not they uh they they stuck the landing on the the clarity of the theme they were trying to introduce and uh, in opposition to the obstacles of him actually having to just leave and her trying to make him feel better. It doesn't really matter. I thought it was emotional. It got you to move past it, and it launched them into the last part of their second act, which yeah. I thought was really interesting. It gave it a whole new spin when there's they realized... four acts. Yeah, I mean, almost. yeah, it definitely... Yeah, there's an argument for that. Like, there were at least two eight was a big two-parter. In this. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was split, and I thought it was fun. The midpoint of this movie is basically when they... And they get there with a lot of momentum, which is fun. The resolution was painful. The resolution is always Aldana's death in the midpoint of this film. And they realized yeah. we have to go back and we have to get dad to not invent this motherfucker. Big surprise. Yeah. That's the first time they reveal that he is the one, their fucking yeah. father is the one who invented the, the technology that will lead to time travel, which, which was, you know, the very movie of them. But who cares? We were, we were on for the ride. Um, so then Mark, Mark Ruffalo finally comes into it. Now, Dave, I want to ask you this question because it was the only time in this whole movie where I was like, come on. I, Ryan Reynolds is sitting in the back of a lecture hall and he knows a piece of information about who a quote that Mark Ruffalo says came from the Romans. And Ryan Reynolds has this back and forth with him in a lecture hall in front of other students. Mark Ruffalo is lecturing at some university, probably Harvard, about who actually said the quote. And they have this little back and forth. And Mark Ruffalo dismisses the class, you know, class dismissed. And he's just they're locking eyes with each other. And Mark Ruffalo says, Adam? He hasn't okay. seen his son. He doesn't know who this guy is. Probably knows that, he's a, a fucking stranger. Okay. What was that shit? That is romanticism <laughs> at its best. Oh, um, the I will no, I will recognize you by your eyes. That is romanticism at its best. Like for me, that was that was a thing. Like it's it's corny, but it it's a film thing. Corny, it, and it didn't go. I don't think they they work so hard after the fact for uh, Mark Ruffalo to live life by the science yeah i feel i feel like in that in that particular moment it was meant to endear you to him because he recognized him yeah it didn't so it didn't he, completely he pull me out of it, it but it, i was a little it, bit it like was, it what? was it was like for me it was like okay the picture that ryan reynolds has painted like his character has painted of this man is probably not what we thought given the fact he recognizes him like 30 years after the fact yeah it led into a sequence where they were catching up with each other <laughs> and corroborating all of Mark Ruffalo's theories slash trying to get into this funny little fight thing where they're trying to top each other and so they can get to the actual dilemma. And it, it, I think it worked. I mean, I think there was there mm. was a lot of talking right there in those middle yeah. scenes. And it, it had a funny moment in the middle a, of it where they punch of, each other. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. 
That was which was which was charming. Fucking cracked me up. I wanted to um, punch Mark Ruffalo posted, too. I'm glad he posted. Somebody posted a freeze him. frame of Mark Ruffalo punching him back today. It, it's just awesome. Um, but I that was the only thing that irked me. I think about the whole thing was like his character's refusal to like, no, you can't tell me any of this. No, no, you can't. You got to go. You got to leave. Like it was just so much refusal. It's like they're fucking there for a reason, dude. Come on. And, and I, uh, I think I was meant. I think, I think I was meant to feel that frustration i think you were i think i liked it better when it was played between doc brown and marty mcfly in uh number two and mm. number three <laughs> i mean again I mean, you no kinda, top that <laughs> you kind of can't escape like we knew that scene was probably going to come the scientist is getting you know um it made it all worth it for me though when at the end of this whole fucking movie i'll, I'll jump ahead for a little bit uh when the boys the Adams are trying mm. to let the father, Mark Ruffalo, know that dad, we have, we want to let you know what happened. You're going to die again. Back to the future. Like the same fucking thing, a little bit. but yeah. whatever. Uh, and Mark Ruffalo said, referring back to that meeting, he said, I knew it. I saw it in your eyes and you can't tell me how it happens. I don't want to know. And, I, and I'm sorry, but like I knew from that moment that I wasn't there for you and I'm sorry. Turned into a little bit of the global hunting. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Which is whatever. It was fine. It was still. It was still touching mm. and funny. It was both, which was which yeah. is a good good bullseye. But also, also, like, can you imagine in real life if you were that character and you're like, yeah, no, I saw it. In, I, saw, I saw it in your eyes. So I know it's coming. So every minute from that point on, you're like, ah, waiting for something to come out. <laughs> and fucking kill you. <laughs> what kind of a life is that? What's he just signed up for? It was weird. I also, I'm not gonna lie. I did think it was a little. I wanted them. I wonder how much they, because I know they talked about, of course they talked about all these things. Ryan Reynolds was just, you know, there was so much there. I understand as a character, there was more there for him to unpack being able to look his father in the eye than for young mm. Adam. Because, you know, young Adam just well, lost him. He's a child. Yeah, but I do had, feel like they didn't have issues. as much, so. way more issues. But I do feel like yeah. they didn't really give the young Adam the, I wanted him to just run up to him and hug him. You know, the kid. Like, where was that? Where he just turned into a kid and was kind of helpless. He was so quippy and so smart and so egotistical for so much of that movie. I do, I do think there was a little bit more opportunity for them to just cut through it and go straight to the vulnerability, the helpless child. They never went there. Obviously, they chose not to. They wanted him mm. to have a little bit more of that that confidence, that that observation. He was watching it's, them It's possible the, the, the talk that he gave himself where he's talking about you made yourself hate him. Right. It's possible that's already started at that point. It's true. It's true. But – yeah. God, he just, I mean, if your dad's dead for a year, yeah. you see him, you're yeah. like 10 years old. I think I'm going to be a mess of tears and I'm going to be hugging him and I'm going to forget that I ever was a smart ass. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't probably. matter. I don't, I don't want to, I'm not trying to write the script. I just thought that, I thought it was interesting mm. that they chose to stay with Ryan Reynolds' perspective and c- keep it in that comedic, frustrated place, which again was very motivational. It really helped move the plot forward because it may have sucked us down if it turned into mark ruffalo and little little father little adam uh, walker yeah. and just emotional scenes yeah that's um, fair. uh but it was good all right so now we're going to get to my my biggest and only real flaw that i wanted to talk to you about and see if you felt the same way there's a little movie just a tiny little movie it's a quick it's a quick uh three and a half hour called the irishman i don't know if you've heard of it and uh a few years ago when this movie was out i got kind of fucking sick of people talking about how they could never watch that movie because of the facial stuff on Robert De Niro and how distract it ruined the movie for them. That, that detail in that movie was distracting because I just don't think the tech is totally there yet. And I don't know if the tech will ever really compensate for the fact that you're still working with an actor who's no longer that age. Yeah. They just don't, yeah. they don't they're getting, move. They're getting damn anymore. close. Right, they but, are getting uh, close, but it's but still in an when, instrument. What, where where was the de aging in this? I I missed it. So was do you not think that was Catherine Keener with that? I thought that they had done the same thing to Catherine Keener. I thought that was entirely makeup. No way. We will have to check that. Like, like I, th- no I thought that was practical. Way. Oh. I thought that was practical. Oh, all right, well, maybe it's my TV, but me and Elizabeth, my girlfriend, wish she said the same thing too. It was so weird, dude. It wasn't even her face wasn't even moving correctly with features and stuff. It looked computerized, especially I did they not were even they were ballsy that. as fuck. There were so many two shots where they had her and her, yeah. her older and younger self standing next to each other, and yeah. they were going for it. And I don't know if it was a body double with the face on her face or if it was her, you know, acting with two mats and they this, were basically this, we're gonna we're gonna research this this will come up in the future episode but yeah we'll, yeah, we'll look people into come at me that, because uh, that was uh 
that really that was that really that was difficult that took away every one of those scenes i could not stop thinking about how bad it looked and it, it really did it kind of sucked me out of it and i think it i, I also think mainly think that i was it, i think mainly i was watching the older one because i was waiting for it to like be evil i don't know it was i my, talk I was, about that because yeah that felt a little too easy to that me was, the way they just the, that was the one contrivance my wife picked up on as well. She was like, I'd like to see more about why she was so evil. And they, again, they, that was again, a quick throwaway line. They do one yeah. quick throwaway line when she's meeting with herself and they go, yeah, it used to be like the, the government took it all away and I had nothing like the government will take it all away and you'll have nothing. And that's why she did what she did. And then from that point on, it was just a slope of keeping it going and stopping people fucking with it. But yeah. it was such a quick throwaway line. The rest of that history was implied by my brain. So, yeah, they didn't really yeah. fill out why she snapped because she seems like a good person as the younger one. So, yeah, that was, that was the one criticism that I think came out of it from, from my wife. I was on board. I filled in the gaps in my head. <laughs> Look, again, for the kind of movie that this felt like, that's how we used to write antagonists, right? Mm. We were okay with them being a little... Um, usefully two-dimensional <laughs> right like <laughs> they serve their purpose so that yeah. we can move it's, our protagonists around them and you it was simple old, but you get evil look at me it, <laughs> hey but it did just make me it, it, it was kind of an interesting conditioning uh observation that i was having i was like we are no longer writing people like this uh we're no longer writing our villains with black cats and, and not really talking to you about how they came to be and i, I thought it was really I don't know. I just thought that there, I don't, I didn't need this whole giant subplot, but there seemed to have been a genuine, uh, I thought the implication was the way they talked about it, that there was a genuine investment in each other, her as the investor I, and the company owner the, and Mark Ruffalo is, with the technology. I the thought scientists. they were going to go down the road where she'd actually had him killed. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I thought they I thought didn't. that was certainly. Never, I thought that they was never possible. Ever did a thing about that, but yeah, it never came up. And I was like, did she or didn't she? Like, did she cause that car accident? I mean, yeah, but, you're right. They didn't really go there, but that yeah. seems likely. That's what it? I was waiting for. Yeah, I wonder was that possibly a plot element, and they just cut it. Yeah, it was a little mustache that's, twirly. That's, that's a for theory. the uh, yeah. for for. For for me, I don't know. It, it, it was still fun. It doesn't mm. look at the poster Absolutely. of this movie. It looks like a fucking Star Wars poster. The way they even have them arranged. I mean, it's it does like they know you you know what this is supposed to be. It is what it is. So don't go searching for deep water here. But um, yeah. everybody is quite charming. But, and oh uh, what do you think of the final moment? It's a fun. Yeah, the final uh, the, the bullet the that, bullet moment. That uh, that's all for me. Yeah, did you like it? Yeah, there was a piece of me who thought she's gonna step in. Like I thought she was gonna do something to herself to prevent it. Yeah, that's and that true. Was how that, they were gonna solve their well. problem. I thought that as well. Um, I do like that. Like Ruffalo got his moment there. I do too. About some, was, sometimes it's cool to be a nerd. <laughs> not gonna lie, there was a little bit of me that was like, "All right, we're playing with super magnets right now. We we have a giant electromagnetic field that is imploding right now. Do they not have zippers on their flies?" What about the other metal that is around them? Why were they able to hold some guns and not other guns? It, it, it was unfortunate, but like you just kind of can't help it. Whenever you start playing with shit like that, you've taught audiences to think about that. So the mm. very first thing, do you remember the very first thing that gets sucked into the magnet? What was it? What was the answer? I don't remember. It was the snaps off of a jacket. The very first thing is strong enough to pull snaps off of a fucking jacket. <laughs> and then by the end of it, when the whole the fucking room, like a room fucking was wind getting, tunnel. right, yeah. yeah, the whole fucking thing was coming apart. And yet Catherine Keener was holding a gun that had, I don't even care if the gun was in metal. It had metal bullets in it because obviously yeah. the metal bullet gets sucked at the end. It just, there were a few things where I was like, ah, it's just, I'm just, I'm just frustrated that I'm distracted by thinking about it. I wish you would have figured out a way for me to just not think about it. Yeah, kind of like they like did to, with the time travel I stuff. Like, <laughs> I feel like to watch those movies, you got to just let go of that. Like for I some know, of the, some I, of the stuff. I know, it, I know. I mean, it, it falls under sci-fi, so let's let's not pick it too hard. Yeah. Like if it if it fell under you know hyper realism, by all means, pick it to pieces. Sure, but this sure. This was sure. definitely not hyper realism. <laughs> I know, I know. It was just a little bit like, come on, come on. You can't like it's the whole movie is about. Not the whole movie, but a lot of the yeah, movie's uh, themes are about... Uh, I loved Mark Ruffalo's final line when she's like, you never understood the... 
the you science. You never understood yeah. the big picture. And he says, and you never right. understood, you never got the science. And she gets killed by her own bullet, getting sucked into the magnetism, blah, blah. Now she's dead. Uh, okay. So how about the, uh, the actual final moment? I used that phrase earlier. Did you enjoy the way it ended with catch cheese? cheesy cheesy yeah. catch with dad and then that was just not there yeah that i was waiting for that you. i thought it would happen separately to be honest because if if it was catching up with them it should have caught up with the little kid first yeah but, i thought they were going to do that too especially because of what i was saying earlier like they I clearly don't know how fast time waves move though I, i'm not a physicist time waves dude <laughs> i mean you know they'll get you but they'll get you i did enjoy can't surf them all right now clarify this for me dave because i'm still i'm still a little confused and i i'm sorry but i I could not think about it. I thought they said, I thought in Zoe Zaldana's scene, she was pointing out that we won't remember, but we found each other once, we'll find each other again if we're supposed to, and it'll never change the fact that at some point in time, we did find each other. All right, whatever. Put that aside. There are two scenes at the end of this movie, after the boys disappear back to the Mm. future style, and it's just Mark Ruffalo left in his fixed time, one year, a year and a half, I think, before he dies. Um, it cuts forward to a scene where the little boy is repeating a scene with Jennifer Garner, his mother, that we saw earlier before Ryan Reynolds appeared at the beginning of this film. Were we supposed to think that the boy no- remembered what had happened to him and was choosing, based on his memory, to I not treat was, his mother wrong? I think that was the echoes. That was just him realizing just of a, his a, own. It was just a feeling. Okay, yeah. that confused me. Just because a feeling, yeah. He uh, granted, that wasn't telegraphed too well. It could, it could have been either way in that case. Like it, it did look like a choice. Yeah, it did look like a choice. It, which I'm, again, I guess it was kind of sure. like it was kind of like I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to do this. Like I sort of thing for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't even know. I think I have a few ideas of how it could have gone a different way, but clearly they it, wanted it to absolutely. feel that way, and they did. And I mean, and the second scene, which I know you're going to bring up, it, yeah, that I think confused that was me the, even more. I think that was the was sorry we killed Zoe scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean she looked look she looked great. Zoe she, she yeah. always looked great, and I was of course I was touched to see them back together in a similar a similar story that he had told his younger self about how they met. Yes. And, yeah. But unlike the moment of decision that I felt like we saw young Adam make to treat his mom nice, I kept thinking we were going to see Ryan look at her with memory and be like, "Game on!" Like I found her. And it, they didn't play it that way. They played it in the no. true, ambiguous, truly echo, it like just they, no, no knowledge yeah. of anything. That, he just was attracted. That was always going to happen. She was right. Yeah. So I guess I guess I, I one of them wasn't quite clear enough for me, or they were a little bit different, and I was just a little confused about whose rules were actually right. I know mm. it ultimately doesn't fucking matter. Everybody's back yeah. in their fixed time. Nobody's rules were right. <laughs> Nobody's rules were right. But it was just well, just a tiny little thing. Like, I, God, it's just, it's just the pebble in the shoe kind of thing. I was just yeah. ready to just have an emotional resolve for, for everyone travel. in this you, fucking you movie. Might, you might know, but it doesn't matter because some fucker changed it. <laughs> oh, my God, it is. It's frustrating. This yeah. is why in Endgame. That's why, that's why everybody has a chalkboard in their living room, just in case. This is literally why in Endgame they have to fucking... There's a whole sequence dedicated, right? There's a whole sequence dedicated to them trying to explain why every movie was wrong up until now. And, and then they went... Right? They and then they the break that, their own... Yeah. Hang on, hang on. It's just like, come on. Well, it was, it was kind of funny. It was like they explained it one way and then the ancient one's like, no, it's not like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was like... Whatever. You're going to yeah. get into that. Dave was right. I was wrong. Whenever time travel's involved and it's not heightened realism, go fuck yourself. Don't even try sit, to take it sit seriously. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Yeah, you're going to be annoyed. I should have probably had a split for something before this movie, but this is a movie with rewatchability. I think if I was a child, I know I said I don't think this was made for kids. It was mm. kids I mean, could the only way it. you're going to understand the, the physics of if this entire movie is if you're on LSD when you watch it. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, LSD. <laughs> I would definitely rewatch this movie though if i was a young person like i think i would have i could have seen myself latching onto this having a lot of fun sleepover a good sleepover movie with your friends yeah, yeah i could see this being a fun one to rewatch still and wish i, was, I could have I seen talking, it on a big was, screen but I, I did recommend it to uh someone i work with and he uh, he has a like a 10 year old kid and he was he was a little concerned about like they mentioned like you know getting laid at one point in it and stuff like that i'm like well it's up to a parent if you want to you know, if that's a thing, you got a 10 year old kid and he's like, Oh no, don't worry about it. My kid's been exposed to that. He goes to school. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. Okay. 
He also probably so has a it's, fucking phone, and those kids watch yeah. porn at like eight, seven. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know they fucking do, dude. How about this? One last thing I want to throw at you, dude. <laughs> I know about. he's got. I know he's got Deadpool, and I know yes. he's always funny in everything he does. But I kind of want Brian. I kind of want Ryan to do an actual grounded human beings without superpowers comedy. I kind of want to see him do something. I kind of want to see him go in that direction again. He's been living in this superhero-y world for so long that I think I think he has found amazing ways to channel his thing into these mm. characters, literally creating it with Deadpool, but also taking movies like Free Guy and Adam Project. They really let that kind of come through with the dialogue. Yeah. And, and he's got all the talent. I just wouldn't mind seeing him take off the cape for a little bit and just do something grounded, just so we can laugh again. Just, just have fun. Yeah. He's so like, fucking funny. There was dude. a lot in, in a lot of his earlier work. There was a little bit of that. Yeah, Van Wilder, um, dude. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> oh my God, dude. That was like where I felt. Did you just buzz me for saying Van Wilder? <laughs> yes. Is it because of the desserts that he brings over to the fraternity? Is that is that why you're buzzing me? Anyone who remembers that sequence? Oh my God. These are so good. What is this? It's so warm. <laughs> oh, I've seen on. that movie way too often to be like a frequent member of this podcast. Come on. Oh my God. It's so <laughs> funny. But yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Zoe Zaldana. I assume we're going to see her popping up like crazy in the avatars when they. Uh, Avatar. Uh, when yeah. They circle um, back. Guardians yeah, think... of the Galaxy has one more to go as well. Um, oh, she's sweet. Got work. I didn't yeah. know that they were doing another one. Oh yeah. Three is, of the, course they are. Three yeah. is the finale. Yeah. Of course they are with Thor. Right, he's with them. Uh, no, Thor: Love and Thunder has, I think, has a couple of the Guardians in it, and then Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not sure because they've oh, that, that's only just started production. We don't know very much about that at all. And all right. uh, get ready, take the tissue box because I'm not sure they're all going to make it through this one. All right, yeah. Love Mark Ruffalo. Can't wait to see him do some more big yes. boy adult grounded drama. I'm so glad he'll he has in, found uh, his place he'll be doing in these charming things. as well. Doing more Hulk. Yeah. So look, he's he's he knows what he's doing. I, I wasn't sure about it when they cast him as the Hulk, only because clearly he's got the talent. I just didn't know if Mark Ruffalo was going to be a happy human being working in this comic book world. But I think he's found some fun ways to do it. Oh Can't wait God. to see him that, do that adult the drama and get that. Of the Hulk ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, he still does. Jennifer that in there's a, he there's does, a whole he does. He made a good, between, yeah. good series a couple years ago. But uh, hmm. anyway, uh, Jennifer Garner, dude, I haven't seen her in a while. And I like how they gave her that one moment just to remind all of us. They're like, fucking alias is on screen right now, dude. Where, where he, the, bro, the sun <laughs> came up behind her and she kind of was like, <laughs> did her little martial arts stuff to just kind of play fight with him. And it was so yep. charming. And again, it was just a lovely little callback, but also reminded us that like Jennifer Garner is not your typical female actor just because because like Zoe Zaldana, they were both established in very physical roles. Zoe Zaldana mm. with dancing, center stage, and then martial arts. Um I just I just love that they were they didn't shy away from that. They wanted you yeah. to remember Jennifer Garner is Jennifer Garner and that's the kind of actor she is. And yep. I thought they embraced it. Yeah. Anyway, I liked it. I I mean that bar scene as well, like really it was like, remember Jennifer Garner? Here she is again. Like yeah. she's back. That was that was an amazing scene. Yeah, she was good in that, dude. She was yeah. good in that. Um, it was touching. I feel like they. Hmm. I don't think they gave. Maybe they could have had a few more scenes with them because they were both just so good. But they really did serve the purpose Again, like perfectly. Yeah, kind of discipline and editing, I guess. I don't know. And it made you want us it, to to get back with them. I, I think that scene at the end was touching when because of that. You know, if we had lingered too much with Jennifer Garner's sadness and grieving, it may have felt like. It may have felt like they had pimped us into that moment, mm. whereas we kind of got I to mean, be that surprised. I mean, that was the it. setup for the scene at the end, really. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He um, was a real yeah. dick to her. He was a real pain yes. in the butt. There was a, <laughs> I mean, this last thing all? I'll say. There was, there was a lovely, and I don't know if I've ever really seen this in a movie before, and it did. this was one of the success of their time travel tropes, was that they really allowed, by stomping on the butterfly, Ray Bradbury's butterfly effect, they were like, fuck it. They let Ryan Reynolds said anything he fucking wanted to to this kid. Yeah. He never told him what he got arrested for in college. But <laughs> he told him from the very beginning, he was calling himself out. Stop being a little asshole. You talk too much. You're fucking mean to her. She has no one to take care of her. She takes care of you every day, you selfish little prick. Like It was cathartic yeah. getting to watch this person rip on their younger self for being so narcissistic and selfish again which don't we all want to do that <laughs> yeah yeah you always said you wanted to meet my younger self uh, yeah so that was that was nice and there was it, that carried through to the end i did feel like there was a there was a catharsis that they had kind of 
gotten their claws into pretty early on within about eight or nine minutes. And mm-hmm. they didn't really let it go. It turned no. out to heal itself. The kid eventually told him what was up as well. But yeah, it was fun. It was a fun comedic device. But it ultimately, I think it did that's, yield think, a lot of the themes of the movie. That's why it worked, because that kid gave as good as he got. Yeah. Like and the Ryan kid Reynolds is a powerhouse good. to be up against on screen. And that kid gave as good as he got. He did, man. I felt like he yeah. often wore the shoes and Ryan Reynolds was on his heels defending himself, which is, yeah. which is good. That was the only way. That's I a great worked. thing. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been cruel, what I was just describing, if it was just yes. the adult telling the kid to go fuck himself. <laughs> but because the kid was calling him out so much, it was it was good. It was touching. And then, and then anyway. tries to reach for the beer. But yeah. Anyway, I think, yeah, we've talked about this as much as we possibly could. Um, go Definitely check this out on Netflix. It is absolutely worth a look. It's fun, man. It's um, fun. I, yeah. Grab I, the kids, I, grab, the, like, grab the again, family. If, yeah. If you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're Gen X, you're going to love this. Yeah, I think that's probably a wise shot. I wish we, maybe we should call out and get some. Do you have any friends with children? I feel like my my friends' kids are just getting older. Before I could ask them, like, did you like this movie? Like, they're all, you know where they can watch movies like this. I feel like we need to get some kids' takes on these family movies just to see if we're totally fucking wrong or if they you enjoyed them as kids much on as we this did. Show? Oh, oh Jesus! Just <laughs> oh with my apple God, juice, we go to kids. Prison. <laughs> just sugar highs. Just sugar highs here for the love of cinema. <laughs> We'd be banned in like thirty states. Ah, come on! It'd be fun. <laughs> No, nah, that sounds like 30. a good idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What have you been watching, dude? Let's let's get on to our little watching? thing. Yeah, because I, I um, have not been watching much, but what have you been I, watching? I started uh, Picard Season 2. It's out now. Oh, there's billboards um, for it everywhere in Los oh, Angeles. Oh, yeah. It, and, dude, it's it's like they – because a lot of people complain that Season 1 wasn't Trek enough, like wasn't Next Gen <laughs> enough. Really? I guess. Yeah, it was it was kind of dark in places. Was it dark um, and serious and more, yeah, were they sort of um but like this one uh, dude, I'm two episodes in and holy fuck. Like they really? took they uh, they took the notes, they understood the assignment and this is amazing. And it's nice. got like all the best characters so far. I'm there's I'm sure there's more coming yeah, as far as cameos. Um and also uh, this week I was I was feeling restless, so I just fired up Amazon Prime. I'm flicking through it, and I came across this movie called Suck. Suck, suck, and it's it's a band. Uh, like this band decides to who's playing no dead end gigs decides to uh, basically decides to sell out, uh, and one of them ends up becoming a vampire. What and. <laughs> Dude, it is. I I put this on. I'm like, this is literally going to live up to his name. It's going to suck. And I put it on, and it was surprisingly entertaining. It is the lowest budget indie film like you could probably find. That's still fairly decent. But in the background, you've got fucking Alice Cooper as a bartender and like one of the antagonists. All what? these other fucking like huge, uh, like musical producers and stuff in B rolls behind the main cast of wow. this band that's just touring and like there's there's actually some like laugh out loud jokes in it and i was pleasantly surprised Damn. it's it's one of the, i would almost fall into those so bad it's good kind of things okay okay yeah but it sounds because there's some stuff that's and like absolutely lives up to the name suck in it but it also like has some little gems in it i was nice, very dude. surprised i watched Amazon i watched it right to the end i was laughing yeah nice, suck dude. Suck. Do cool. not type it into Google. Uh, well, <laughs> well, we're not going to tell you what to do. Your body is your body. You, you type it in if you want to. But uh, I, uh, I watched. Especially um, if you're at work. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> How many porn filters do you think they have on like major work computers? Like oh corporations? My God, dude. Like are they dude, pretty good with those firewalls, or are they terrible? Back when it? I was, uh, no, they're really good. They, they even have skin tone sensors that sense how much skin tone is in a picture you download. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're they're speaking from experience here, Mister Green. <laughs> well, no, I once uh, I was once searching for something for a, an intro to a show I was working on, and uh-huh, this sure. was when I was I was working for a. Uh, a, a studio I won't name, but I was I typed in uh, Warner. I, I, I typed in ice rink pitches, uh-huh. and the first link that popped up said ice rink pitches. So I clicked it. It was not fucking ice rink pitches. It was not. It was some things 
even I hadn't seen before. And I closed that page at like 0.3 of a second. I'm sitting there like, <laughs> like fucking IT is coming for me. They're coming for me any minute now. Guys in black suits are going to bust in with guns and shit. And nothing, nothing happened. But like, yes, yeah. like <laughs> two girls, one cup territory. Yeah. <laughs> it was not that bad. Jesus. Oh my God. Yeah. When was the last time you thought about that film fans? I just did that to you. Have fun. Have a good rest of your day. Trying not wait, to I, throw wait, up do in I, your mouth. Do I buzz you or gush you for that? <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I watched, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I started, uh, I just got something working so much guys. I don't have enough time to watch the movies I want to see. So I've kind of just watched mm. some sitcoms while we're eating fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> I'm not lie. I started watching one. that a little What's bit. What's it like? Well, no, no, the old one. And it made oh, me think, one. Okay, cause... I forgot. Cause you know, I watched the Super Bowl like everybody yeah. else and my Lord, they were pushing that. Like it's the only thing on television. So maybe I'll give that a shot at some point. I've heard uh, it's not a comedy; watched, it's dramatic. Um, but like, yeah. Oh, it looks dramatic as as hell, and I, I think they yeah. went a totally different way. Single camera, heavy drama, all the yep. socio political commentary you're looking for. I think. Um, all right. Uh, I also watched this documentary last night called uh, "Overnight," and it's about the writer director Troy Duffy, the guy who made uh, the Boondock Saints. Oh. And about his kind of rise and fall overnight, getting like the largest script deal like in history in like ninety seven for off like the fucking radar, yeah, three hundred thousand dollars. Treated people really poorly. Eventually, oh. got Miramax turned their back on them and really kind of just put you know buried them, and Damn. nobody wanted to buy the film. It was it was a real lesson, and just like how like you know you really can't go to the top very quickly in this business if you have lots of luck. But even in those exceptional scenarios, man, it matters how you treat people. It matters really does. how you fucking treat people. I'm in this environment right now in school and just being over here in this, this, this town. Yeah. And like, you can really tell that like the people who you, you know, it's, it, you're going to, you're going to hope and assume that everybody is talented enough to compete. So if that's a given, then you know you want to you're spending so much fucking time with each other. You want to actually not mm. hate hate each other. You want That's to feel like trick. you're treating yeah. with respect <laughs> and getting respect. And man, so it was uh, it was not a positive happy watch. It was hard to watch and really kind of disgusting at some points. But a good reminder that like Jesus Christ. Anyway, that was on Prime. If anybody wants to check that one out, that was an interesting, informative mm. documentary about a crazy rise and fall. But yeah, what are we doing uh, next week, dude? Do we have anything on the docket? Uh, well, on the on the docket at the moment is the outfit. Oh yeah, we are coming into that time of year where we yeah. might have to start scrounging. I know we still haven't seen no, Belfast. The outfit either. is uh, uh, yeah, it's fair. The outfit's a Mark Rylance film. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of interested. I mean, always. Uh, in what that is. Maybe yeah. you've heard of him, Mark Rylance. Yeah, he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, he's been in a couple of things. We'll check our show notes, check our announcements. We might, I think we're going to be doing that one, but we might not. Uh, but we'll get yeah, back to it. Yeah, it could be anything. That's, I mean, that's what's on the list. But if something better comes up, we'll, we'll definitely, I'll probably go and see that anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll do whatever we do. Thank you, film fans. Have a great fucking week. Enjoy your time. Watch The Adam Project. 